Hey, welcome to another episode of the Road Sermon Podcast. In today's episode, we will tackle the common hurdles that parents face when releasing their grown-up kids. Uh, when it comes to parenting, the truth is we don't always get it right. Well, today, Pastor Rick talks about challenges and emphasizes the importance of faithfulness over success in the ever-evolving world of parenting. So pop in those earbuds, settle into your favorite spot, and let's kickstart this podcast. Good morning. If you're joining us online, thanks for choosing to worship at the road. Grab a Bible, something, an iPad, a phone that you can read God's Word from. Go ahead and turn to Psalm 127. That's where we're going to land today. Last sermon in the series called Arrows, where we've been talking about uh, parenting. And and the last stage of shooting, if you're into archery, uh, you don't just pull back, release, and, and, and drop the bow. There's a moment that's called release and reflect. Where you just, you hold the position and you look at what's happened and you evaluate. What did I do right? What did I do wrong? And the same thing's true in parenting, right? And and here's what I need you to see. Look right up here at me for this. Nothing to write down right now. Is that in every life there are multiple seasons of release. Right? You start that first day at daycare. That's a season of release for most parents. That baby's going to survive. Without me there. Kindergarten, first day of kindergarten. And then you're watching that kid walk up that long path to school and you're like, oh no, I don't know if I can do this. First time they play sports at a level where not everybody gets a trophy. All right, where dad can't be the coach. And you got to walk away. Driver's license. First date. College. Where you look at somebody and say goodbye. Marriage. Where a man leaves his father and mother, cleaves to his wife. All kinds of seasons. Where we're, and at the end of each of those seasons, right? Even if, it, if it's at, at leaving your baby at daycare or kindergarten, you pause and you reflect. And you start asking yourself questions like this. I hope I did enough. I hope I did the right things to get my child ready for this next season of life. To release them into that season. Parenting, and especially releasing, is one of the most difficult things we do. And last week, Matthew made a statement uh, in his sermon that really summarizes everything we've talked about in this series. And that is, an arrow was created to be released. Right? Its purpose is to be released. It doesn't accomplish anything unless it's released. And when God gave you a child, he gave you that arrow for the purpose of you taking your hands off of it, not keeping your hands on it, not being enmeshed in its life, but to release that arrow. So in preparing for uh, this message, I came upon some really interesting uh, material, uh, specifically three things that, that make it hard for us to release our own children. And here's the first one. If you've never been released by your parents, it will be hard for you to release your children. You go, well, how do I know if I've never been released? If your parents are still paying your bills, you ain't been released. <laughs> All right? And look up here at me because some people didn't laugh at that. He's like, ugh, if, if mom and daddy's still supporting you, you haven't been fully released. Right? If mom and dad are still manipulating you with emotions, oh, I just wish you'd come over this week, you haven't been released. Right? It gets uncomfortable. I realize that. And I want you to understand this, mom and dad. 
If you fail to release your children, you are not helping them be what God created them to be. You're keeping them from being what God created them to be. A second reason that it keeps us from properly releasing is the fear that we will lose our influence in the lives of our children. I remember growing up, we were a close family. I remember when my kids got to that age where I wasn't it for them anymore, right? I wasn't the coolest person to hang out with anymore. And how difficult that was. It's like, well, you know, you want to be with me or you want to go with your friends? I choose friends. What? What? What do you mean? And all of a sudden, you realize, listen to this, you're not the most important person in their world anymore. And it will happen. And how difficult that was. Listen to me. Our world has changed so much. If you have not influenced your child in the 15, 16, 17 years God has given you, not releasing them, hoping you'll influence them, you're deceiving yourself. If you haven't done it in 18 years, a couple more years ain't going to make any difference. Third reason, man, this one's tough. Uh, this one may be the most prevalent one that, that I see as, as a pastor, and that is an empty marriage. Is it somewhere along the way we stopped getting the emotional support and the physical touches that we needed from our mate, and we started getting them from our kids? Come here and hug me. Don't you love mama? Don't you love daddy? And here's what happens. Those kids are going to grow up and they're going to leave. They're going to leave. They're going to leave. As much as you try to keep them from leaving, it won't stop and you'll have an empty marriage. You'll have a marriage where all needs were met through the children. An unhealthy marriage. And you won't know what to do when you're alone again with somebody else. Releasing is tough. It's very tough. As parents, there's one thing we all have to recognize, and that is one day our children will leave whether we release them or not. What we get to decide is if they leave healthy and in a decisive way. So I want you to look with me at Psalm 127. We're going to read verses 3 through 5 together, and then we're going to talk about what this looks like because this, uh, this is a tough message. Uh, this is a tough message. Read with me, if you will, beginning in verse 3. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed. And when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father, we all, all come to this place with a, a different story and a, a different season of life. Um, Parenting is tough, and Father, it's filled with a multitude of different releases we all go through. And uh, Father, I, I just pray you'd prepare us now, whether we're, we're looking at an adult child that we need to take our hands off of, or Father, where we see ourselves making bad decisions early in life that are going to set us up for difficulty later. I pray that you'd speak to us now. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. So when you release the arrow, your role will change forever. Uh, when you release and you reach that stage of release and reflect, you've probably spent the last 25 or 30 years of life pouring into your child. Notice I did not say 18. I don't know any 18-year-olds paying their own way in this world. 
Right? This world has shifted. It's changed. Your grandparents may have been paying their own way at 18. But if, if you're still paying their way, you have not released them into this world. As a matter of fact, it's usually closer to 30. Psychologists will tell us now that the male brain doesn't even mature fully until they're 27 years old to be able to make good decisions in life. So you're pushing in. And, and, and there's some statistical stuff that backs this up. Pew Research, I'm sorry, Bankrate surveyed. Oh, man, this is crazy stuff. They surveyed and they found that 68% of parents are either supporting or have supported their adult children. So let's break that down for a second. That means that 70%, right at 70% of us are paying the way for our adult children. And we wonder why they can't go be adults. We're not releasing them. Get this one. Especially if you think this all ends at 18. Pew Research says that 50% of all parents in 2022, last year, 50% of all 18 to 29-year-olds were living at home with at least one parent. There should be a collective sigh right there. So this is, what the, the, this is so big that sociologists have studied this and call this the boomerang generation. That you send them away, and they come right back. We have six kids. Four of them did. So we, we're quick learners, right? We learned real quick after that first one came back, and it was hard to get them out. You come back with an end on this thing, right? You, got, you, you get a free stay for this long, and then you better have a plan. Get your feet on the ground, because this is reality of the world we live in. Children have a hard time. And parents have a hard time releasing. So our role, when we have truly released, we finished all that. We're not paying bills, right? We are free emotionally from them. Uh, we have shaped the arrow. We have taken this raw individual and we've done the best we could possibly do uh, to shape that arrow morally and spiritually into a Jesus-following adult. We've shaped it. Then, then we sharpened it. We looked at the child God put in our home. We said, how did God gift this child? How did God create this child? What are the natural abilities? And I've done my best to help this child pursue the path God created them to pursue. Not the one I wanted them to pursue. I don't need another me. I want this person to be what God created them to be. And I've done my best. I have shaped and I have sharpened. And now it is time to shoot. And if you are still, if you're an adult child and, you are still, and you're still preaching to them, no one's listening anymore. You just look up here at me. If you're still preaching to your adult child, they're not listening. That season ended. You shot them. You release. I shouldn't really say it that way, should I? <laughs> it's over, Pastor. I took care. I went home and did exactly what you said. No. Somebody will light me up for that, but that's okay. Love you anyway. Uh, so you, you do your best, and, and you release them into this world, and, and then stuff happens that you didn't plan. Um, their hearts get broken. Their marriage doesn't work. The relationship they longed for never happens. Uh, they wonder in their faith. At times they don't even look like they know God. 
they're in relationships and they choose relationships that just aren't healthy and you're watching this. Or, or, or they, they give their life to a substance or become an addict. Your, your child's an alcoholic and that's hard to say. So what do you do because you feel so powerless? Well, that's what we're about to talk about now. And the first thing you do is you pray. And Jean Fleming wrote a book called A Mother's Heart. And she addressed what it's like to pray for an adult child after you've released them. This is phenomenal. Uh, so first of all, you acknowledge God's hand in your child's life. So I need you to really hear this. this from here on out, this is really important. Really important. Is that your role forever changed in the life of your child when they left. God's didn't. God's didn't. Now, I'm not saying, well, you just look at your kid and when they turn whatever, 27, you go, see you later. Hope you have a good rest of your life. No. Your role changed. You relate differently. Your purpose in their life, according to God, is now different. But whose role did not change? God's role. God is still doing the same thing in their life that he has always done. So listen to me today. Regardless of where your child is in life and how your child is living in life, God is there. And he has the same desire for them and the same role in their life that he's always had. And what we do is when we pray, we acknowledge that God is still God. And his hand is still involved, very much involved in the life of the children we love, even though our reach is shortened. Number two, this is a good one. Admitting any area where we resent how God has created our children. Now, you're going to go, I came to church to hear this guy say, I resent how God made my children. This is, blessed is the man whose quiver is full. No, uh, just be honest for a second. About the kids, have your kids ever exhausted you? You got that one highly verbal kid who can out-argue you no matter what you're arguing about? Listen, here was the crazy thing. In the last service, I'm preaching this, and I see this girl lean up, this like 11-year-old girl, lean up and look at her parents and go. <laughs> you guys think we can't? There's, there's not that big of a barrier here. We can see you guys. <laughs> they got an opinion about everything, and they're always right. And you ever lay your head down on the pillow at night and say to God, why didn't you give me somebody easier? Why didn't you give me a child that lined up with me? Or, or you're the athlete, right? And you're still living in your glory days. And God gave you a child that can't chew gum and walk at the same time. Right? And you love to sport and they love an instrument. Or you love books and they love athletics. And you lay your head down on a pillow at night and you say, God, why didn't you make it easier? Why didn't you make them like the things that I like? Or how about this one? What, what if God gave you a rebel? Oh, yeah, the collective moan right there. God gives you a rebel, and, and you've spent so many nights awake waiting for a phone call that you dread. And you can't understand why they live the life they live, and it kills you. And you resent that God gave them to you. You look at other people and you say, how'd they get such good kids? 
we've tried to do the right thing and look at ours. You ever have that moment with God? When you resent who God gave you? Well, that's some honest prayer. And that's a prayer that reveals as much about our weaknesses as it does our children's struggle. So we pray that prayer, God forgive me. And then we accept God's design for each of our children and we thank Him for them. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. So you have this moment of confession before God about your frustrations, and then you acknowledge the truth that God, you made my child with a plan. A plan in mind. You gifted them for a purpose. And here's the truth. God made some to be warriors. And a warrior will make you lose your mind. Until there's a war. Until you need that child who stands in the gap. Who plants their feet firmly and says, I will not be moved. Then your prayers start to sound like, thank you, God, for a warrior or a poet. And right, you don't understand their desire for the arts until you worship. And then you realize there would be no worship without the poet. You begin to see how God made them and you begin to thank him for what he is doing in their life. We accept God's design and we thank him for that design. And then this is the big one. We ally ourselves with God's plan. Uh, Once we get to that place, our prayer becomes very, very simple. God, let me as a parent be part of your plan for my child's life. Why don't you look at me? Do not let my motherly or fatherly instincts complicate the plan that you have for my child. I want, look, here it is. Whatever your kid's name is, that's team, what, Billy? And team God, you're on team God. You're on team God. I ally my parenting with you so that my child can become what you plan for it to be, not what I plan for him to be. Not what I plan for her to be. I'm on team God. I don't want to complicate, get in the way, or frustrate your plans for my child. That's tough. That's an Isaac moment. That's when you as a parent go, I lay down my child. This is a good one. Prayer becomes an antidote to our anxiety. Um, Anxiety over our children when they enter a season of release is very real. Whether it's watching them walk away to kindergarten or standing and watching them uh, vow to love someone more than anyone else for the rest of their life. Both of those are difficult seasons. And and anxiety gets real. and, And when we begin to pray, we get perspective that God is still in control. And we begin to understand that if we can cast our care, even our care about our children on Him then life gets a lot better. Number three, love your kids. They know when what they're doing is wrong. 
Love your kids. They know when what they're doing is wrong. So let's take a breather from parenting a second. Let's talk about evangelism. In evangelism, does God call us to be successful or to be faithful? Okay, make sure you understand that because for years and years and years, the church lived in the success zone. And when we live in the success, success zone, we will become manipulative and we will use guilt to help people make decisions they really don't want to make in order to be successful. That's why as a church, we cannot find half our membership because we manipulated them into doing something they didn't want to do. Faithfulness, on the other hand, looks like this. Hey, can I get to know you? Can I walk with you through life? Can we do life together? And as we do life together, can I tell you about my Jesus? And then, then maybe at some point you make the decision that you're ready to follow Jesus. Big difference in how those look. Now, go back to parenting. As a parent, did God call you to be successful or faithful? Make sure you understand that because we have a generation of parents who've sold out to successful. I'm going to let that sink for a second. And what happens when we become a parent sold out to successful? We become parents who use guilt to get our kids to do what we want them to do. And we become manipulative to get them to do what we want them to do. Rather than being faithful. If you and I, if you and I cannot love our own child who may not be perfectly following God, how are we ever going to love a lost world? Some of the most horrible things I've ever heard said, parents have said to their own kids in the name of God. How are we going to love this world if we can't love our own kids who may not perfectly be following God. Love your child. Leave the lifestyle choices to God. This is a really good one. Uh, when you're finished shaping and sharpening and you shoot your child into this world and it doesn't unfold the way you thought it would, um, their choices shock you, they disappoint you, and they hurt you. So let me give you a few scenarios that often unfold. You're the parent who never touched alcohol. You're the teetotaler, and God gives you a child, and they love it. And you say things like, well, we never drank around them. They never saw that. What happened? You're the strict parent. Raise your kid with a hundred rules to keep. Rules about everything, what they wore, where they went, who they went with. Strong morals and your child grows up with the loosest morals anyone could ever imagine. You was in church. You was in church every time the doors were open for everything the church did. And you have a child who never attends church now. And you want to kick into street preacher mode, right? Right. I've been around church a long time. I've seen some crazy. Uh, you want to start yelling and screaming at people. God would be so disappointed in the life you're living. Right? God would not be happy with this. And what you don't realize is your job is done. That's no longer your responsibility. You shot the arrow. And the great news is this, hang in there with me, is you are now free to love them. 
you are absolutely now free to love them and let God handle the lifestyle. So I got some questions to help you realize that, right? Does God love your child? Yes. Okay. Does he love your child more than you? Yes. Okay, here, here's one of the problems the world has with us is that we say that, but we don't live like that. We keep trying to take our children back into our own hands and shape them and reshape them and control them rather than saying, okay, God, you love my child more than you. Does God want your child to know him? Okay, I need a better answer than that. He does. He's not working against them. He's pursuing them. He wants them. Here's the problem. We don't trust God. Let him go get them. Let him have them. He wants them. And we keep, we come full circle, complicating that process. We keep getting in God's way for his plan unfolding in their life. Which brings us to the third point, trust God. Philippians 2.13, we need to burn this in our minds. It is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work his good pleasure. Anything good happens in our lives, who did it? wasn't you it was God and successful parenting is not because you prayed the right prayer it's not because you read the right book people are getting rich off writing books about parenting because we're so desperate for an answer but then the wheels fly off and you get mad at God I'm going to tell you what the problem was you trusted the book more than you trusted God you had the special prayer that you were going to pray that was never supposed to fail. And you trusted the prayer rather than trusting God. Let God do his work. Trust him. Trust him with the life of our, child, our children. That last thing, and we're done. And I got three minutes to get it in. Bless your adult children. Bless them. Um, three truths about blessing. To bless is to elevate and honor another person. Uh, the Old Testament is great about this. You, you always read blessings. A visitor comes to town. They bless them when they leave. They bless their children. When they got ready to die, they bless them. And this was highly valued. The words of a respected individual into your life were truth. And so they said things like this. You will be a lion. And guess what happened? Sons became lions. You will be prosperous. Guess what happened? People became prosperous. Words became reality. That spoken blessing carried lots and lots of weight. Our children, our adult children, still want to be blessed. And they want to be blessed by people they view as being honorable people. And more often than not, that is their parents. Our children crave that blessing. You say, Pastor, you don't know what my child is doing. You don't know what they've done. You don't know how they're living. How can I possibly bless them? That's because we don't understand. Listen to this. A blessing is not an endorsement. To say something good to someone is not to go, I agree with every decision you've ever made in life. When did we start thinking that? To look at someone and say, you did a good job there. You were kind there. I see this in you is not to endorse their lifestyle, nor is it to compromise your values. It is simply part of loving someone to speak good things into their life. Third thing, a blessing is an affirmation of who and what they are. 
Um, you take a look at your, your adult child, a long look, and you look at them and you see what is good in them. And I'm going to tell you something. We're done. You can close your Bibles up and stuff. But I, I need you to hear this. I don't know any living human that doesn't want somebody else looking at them and say they see good things in them. Your kid included. No matter what has happened and transpired in that relationship, they crave hearing their parents say, you did good. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you're doing. So I told down, I sat down with my wife Wednesday. We were eating dinner and I was getting ready to come do service up here. And I said, man, I, I hate closing these parenting sermons. There's no good way to close them. I mean, what do you say to people? Go be a better parent. You know? <laughs> Um, it's just, it, it's really hard to call people to something. And, and um, so I need you to hear this. Most of us did the best we could parenting. You know, I don't know anybody who said, I think I'll try to make the biggest mess out of this I could make. <laughs> we tried. And some of us parented in some really difficult seasons. There's a lot going on in life. And you're trying to raise these kids up. And that moment will come when you release and you reflect. And in that moment of reflection, I'm going to show you what's going to happen to you. As you're looking back and those questions begin to come, could I have done better? Could have I helped prepare them more fully? Satan will enter your zone. And he will whisper, you blew it. Look at them. You suck as a parent. It was you. It was you that caused this. I'll promise you. I promise you. You'll hear it. And he'll do the best he can to use that reflection against you. Are you perfect as a parent? Well, I can answer that question for you. Nobody is. Perfection was never the goal. Perfection was never the goal. You did the best you could. So what do you do now? You go love your kid. You go love your kid. And you bless them. And you join me in trusting God with your child. Regardless of where they're at, how they're living that you believe that what this book says is true that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion not me not what I did it's what he did would you bow your heads with me maybe you're here today and you are a parent who is struggling to let go. And we've had, uh, we've had a number of people walk the aisle today and say, just listen, I'm, I just need help letting go. Or maybe your child is living a life and, and it embarrasses you to talk about it. I'm going to tell you that of our staff who have adult children, you haven't gone through anything that our staff hasn't gone through. We know what it's like to weep. We know what it's like to stay awake at night. We know what it's like to hurt. And I will tell you this, we would love to pray with you about your child today. 
If that's where you find yourself, man, you grab one of our ministers and let's go to the throne of God. Let's learn to trust him. To really believe he's going to do what he says he's going to do. Or maybe you're a young parent and you're looking at life and and I believe there are markers all along the way. And, and if we're going to have a hard time releasing, we already know it. We already know it. We're getting too much of our emotional need met through our children rather than our mate. We're hovering in every decision they make, wanting to make it for them rather than learning to release them. And maybe you'd just like to pray as a young parent today and say, Listen, pastors, I don't want to struggle to let go. Arrows were created to be released. And I want to be on God's team. Not my team. You're going to pray. This is our moment to respond to God. Father, thank you so much for all you've already done today. Father, we look forward to what you're going to continue to do. I pray for moms and dads, single moms, single dads, who would struggle, Father, to be honest and transparent today, that you would give us the freedom, Father, to deal with life like it is and to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand? Hey, thanks for joining us at The Road. If you'd like more information about things going on at Choctaw Road Baptist Church, visit us at theroad.tv or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theroadcrbc. Have a great week.